What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Didn't Ask Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jaimon, and today I will be diving back into the world of Reddit to see what the people asked Reddit and didn't ask me. How has your week been? I hope you had a good week, as always. I hope you have listened to the previous podcast, because we're already on episode 25, which means that there are 24 more episodes for you to listen to on your favorite podcast service around the world. Well, let's get jump right into the first question of today. Because I have nothing to plug, really. I have nothing to say for myself. Everything is totally fine and dandy. So, I'm not going to keep you here for long today. I say now, but who, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Let's just jump right into the first question of today. And this one was asked by user ColorfulSoul underscore. And they ask, what improved your quality of life so much you wish you did it sooner? For me, this is just the readdressing some of the orders I do things on a day-to-day basis. I am very much a fan of doing things as soon as possible. So right now I wake up at 6.30 in the morning and then I do yoga immediately. So I've got my workout done and we get stretched out like really early, really soon. So we have that done. And then after that, I immediately start cleaning the house. So it's very early, but vacuum cleaning at around 8 in the morning, it's really nice. In between that, I do my my mouthwash it's a whole rigmarole but yeah doing those things early on in the day is so nice because your house is clean your body feels basically like warmed up for the day so it's really nice to get started that way and again you got the things out of the way that you have to do anyways but instead of it being pushed to the end of the day i just take it forward in the day and do it immediately so I am ready to go so I can just do whatever the fuck I want so I think that that is one of the more important things that I implemented in my life just doing things sooner so that I don't have to think about them anymore and I've done everything that I had to do for that day because once again as you push things back in your agenda or calendar whatever you fuck you want to call it It's just going to be more of a burden on you. So doing things as soon as possible should help you get things a little bit more quickly done and being more efficient in what you're doing. So colorful soul underscore what improved your quality of life so much you wish you did it sooner. And for me that is just doing your chores and the things that you have to do as early as possible. Because when you do things earlier, that means that you have the whole day to do whatever the hell you want and you've got the things done that you had to do for that day. So thank you for your question. Moving on to the second question for today. This one was asked by Crooklyn Knight and they ask, non-USA Redditors, which American restaurants have you always wanted to visit? And this is a fun one because I have been to the United States a couple of times. Yet there are still some restaurants I have never visited. I have visited the staple, you should call them, I guess you can call them 
restaurants like IHOP, like Denny's, like Olive Garden. I even went to a Coco, which that was great. Coco is such an interesting thing because Coco to me is very much what you see in movies when they go to a diner where he's like, oh, I can sit here and have a pie and whatever. It's very cool. So I would definitely recommend everybody that has a Coco somewhere close to go to it. It's really fun. Um, and especially if you're from outside the US, it's such a trip to go to a Coco. That being said, there are still some restaurants I have not been to. And one of them is Chick-fil-A. And Chick-fil-A is an interesting one for me because I'm a big lover of chicken. Everybody that knows me knows that every time I go to London, I have to visit the Nando's at least once and have their chicken there. It's fantastic. I always go for the mango lime sauce. It's not spicy, which probably people will throw shade at me for that, but I just don't like spicy food. I just can't deal with it. So I go for the mango and I love mangoes, by the way, like outrageously love mango. So I'm going for the mango lime sauce. It's sweet. There's a little tang to it and it's so good. So Chick-fil-A is one of the restaurants I would like to visit. Sadly, Chick-fil-A is run by a bunch of Christians that hate everything that has to do with the LGBTQ community. So that is kind of holding me back from visiting their restaurants because I'm just like, I don't want to support these political rallies and whatever the fuck they do against the LGBTQ community. I know that it is really hard to live a political, you know, moralistic lifestyle because everything that you do is in some way, shape or form bad for somebody else in what shape that is because if i buy a playstation that plastic is made out of oils which come from oil fields somewhere in africa you name it the fucking consoles are being assembled in some chinese sweatshop you can go on and on and on and on and i get that but i try to do as much as i can and something so obvious is very easy to me and this is going to sound also very fucking hypocritical, but like for me, it's easier to cut a restaurant out of my chips planning and then it is, you know, to cut a whole brand or a PlayStation or whatever out of my life. So when I have the opportunity to do so, I will choose that opportunity. So with that being said, another restaurant that I really would like to visit is Outback Steakhouse. Because I keep hearing people talking about Outback Steakhouse and how great it is and everything you can eat over there. And, you know, it's inspired by Australia. Um, inspired, not based on, because apparently it's nowhere close to what anything that Australia is. But still, it is one of those restaurants I would like to see up close and see what they serve and what it actually tastes like. Because that's the thing that I keep hearing about. I keep hearing people talk about, you know, their steak and uh, the mashed potatoes and you name it. They have it. And I would really like to try that one. So user Brooklyn Knight, which is a good username, by the way. Non-USA Redditors, which American restaurants have you always wanted to try? And one has to be Chick-fil-A 
And the other has to be Outback Steakhouse with Chick-fil-A having a big asterisk next to it because of their political stances on certain social issues. Thank you for your question, Crooklyn Knight. Going to the third question of today. And this one was asked by user Giant Flying Spider. And they ask, people who wear glasses, what are things non-glasses wearing people will never experience understand about wearing glasses? And this is a fun question because I have been wearing glasses for about 12 to 14 years now, I think. It's somewhere around there, yeah. So maybe even 15 years now, actually, come to think of it. Well, it's at least quite some time. And luckily, I have switched over to wearing lenses as well next to my glasses. But still, glasses, I wear them every day and they still are a pain in the ass sometimes. Because I have pretty bad eyes, which result in me not really seeing anything without them. And the funny thing that I always have is that every time I go shower, I, you know, lay my glasses down, go shower, and then I come back into my room and cannot find my glasses. And that's not because I put them somewhere else or my my mom put them somewhere else. No, it's just because I can't see them. And that's one of the things that I find so annoying from or with wearing glasses that it doesn't matter where I put them. I will probably not find them in first glance because I just can't see them. Next to that is also the fact that it's really hard to go outside when it rains and especially when you have to drive a bike which I live in the Netherlands and of course we drive bikes everywhere. Everyone drives a bike we ride them as much as we can because we're a bike nation. But I've had a couple of times especially in high school where I wore my glasses mostly and then at the end of high school like yeah going yeah going more to the end the final like two years or something like that I started wearing lenses but yeah so the thing that I had mostly was that I had to go to school and then sometimes it would be raining so halfway through the end of the street like legitimately I couldn't basically couldn't make it out of the street some days without my glasses being either fogged up fully and then also being rained on. So that meant that I wouldn't see anything. And that means that I have to take my glasses off and then clean them and then put them back on with the same result happening in another 10 seconds, 20 seconds. So that was one of the things that it's really annoying when you wear glasses. Um... Also, it's also really annoying because you get a very greasy face because there's, of course, something on your nose constantly. And that's a bit annoying that everything gets really greasy. But I would say the most annoying part is the the rain splatters and the fog that, cre- that creates on your glasses because it just makes seeing really hard. And again... I wear glasses not because it's fun, but because I need to see. And if I wear glasses and still cannot see, then we have a real big problem. Like I said, especially when you're on a bike and you can't see like two feet ahead of you. Because it's everything is fogged up and there is rain on your glasses. 
So everything is wet and damp and you name it. All the words. Moist. Is one of them. Um, so yeah, that, those are the most annoying things. So giant flying spiders. People who wear glasses. What are things non-glasses wearing people never experience understand about wearing glasses? And that for me is one losing your glasses because you just can't see them even though they're clear, probably clearly laid out on a table to the fogging and the rain on your glasses when the weather is a bit shit because it makes it really hard to see to begin with especially when you're on a bike then it just sucks and it's the worst thing that can happen and yeah if you can wear lenses please switch over to contact lenses because they open a whole world for you it makes things so easy and so nice so thank you for your questions giant flying spiders moving on to the fourth question of today and this one was asked by user londoner421 and they ask what video game universe could do well as a movie and i'm gonna do a little bit of a cop-out answer because i'm gonna say the sony mascot universe and by mascot universe i don't necessarily mean uncharted and stuff like that and the last of us but more so the kid focused mascots so actually like the mascots like richard and clank and jack and dexter and sly cooper even though we already got a movie and i don't know if it performed that bad but I still think that it, there is some merit to those franchises and I think that they could be very interesting for movies especially because they are more kid focused and with those franchises you have like a perfect Venn diagram of people that could be interested in that where it's on one side it's Sony fans that grew up with the movies or that grew up with the games excuse me and then another part of kids being interested in the figures and you name it but then also the people that were interested and now have kids on their own that would love to go see that so i think that there is a pretty big area where this could be a very interesting thing and once again we already have a ratchet and clank movie i know that but i still think that bringing in sly cooper and bringing in jack and dexter into that universe because they are in the same like multiverse i believe i think that that could be very cool especially since sony is making ratchet and clank games now still we haven't heard from jack and dexter and sly cooper in a while even though sly cooper did get a tv series greenlit and that sadly never came out. So that's kind of sad. But I still think that it could be a cool universe to make a movie of. Now, I was scrolling through the comments a little bit. And somebody named Matherian. Mathersons. You spell it M-A-T-T-H-R-Z-N-S. Says Control. And as a big fan of Control, I would say that would be 
fucking awesome. Especially because we're still in the age of the superhero. There are superhero movies every week, it seems. We are now days removed from Shang-Chi being in the theaters. So we're still in that zone, in that era. And I feel like Control is a perfect mending of a like a murder mystery superheroes but also this dark arts type the x-files type and control is such a cool game what also makes this very cool is that the actress that played jesse faden so the main part in the game is not just a voice actor but is actually an actress and they modeled the character after her so we can we can make this movie right now. We didn't have we don't have to cast anybody. We just take Jesse uh, Faden's actor Courtney Hope, and we we are off to a start. We have the main character. We have a story outline, even though it's mostly based on lore and whatever. But I feel like there is a story to be told there. So I I I would agree with Matt. Persons. If that's your real name. I would say Control. is a it, That's a good pick. I really like Control. I really love the game. I platinumed that game. So that's a pat on the back for me. But yeah. Control will be very cool. Like I said. Especially because the character. Or the actress that played Jesse Faden. Courtney Hope is actually an actress. And this does. This kind of sounds denigrating. But there are certain actors that do more voice work, of course. And with Jesse Faden being modeled after Courtney Hope, that actually helps her a lot. Because, of course, for example, Tara Strong, she voices Harley Quinn, but doesn't look like Harley Quinn at all. You know what I mean? Not in the slightest. So that's going to be a really hard thing to do. But Jesse Faden, I she could do that. She could do that. Courtney Hope, I should say, she could do that. She could clearly do that. So thank you, user Londoner four twenty one. What video game universe could do well as a movie? And my answer would be the Sony PlayStation mascot universe. But I like the idea by Matt Hurdensons. And that would be Control, because Control is an awesome game, and it would be awesome if more people knew what the fuck was going on with it. Thank you for your question, Londoner. And now, the final question of the Ask Reddit subreddit for today, and this one was asked by user PewPew420420. Blaze it up. What is your favorite anime? There are many anime that I grew up with watching. I am more of a cartoon guy, I have to say, very honestly. But lately, Netflix has been coming out with banger after banger with animes. And technically they are animes, even though sometimes you can, like, make their... You can make... It's really hard nowadays because we have hit the point where the meaning of an anime is kind of changed. Because technically most, because 
the traditional meaning of anime is, of course, an cartoon made in Japan. That's basically like the traditional view of what we see anime as. But nowadays, animes don't really get made in Japan anymore. Because most of them are being outsourced to South Korea, as far as I know. But the same thing happens with cartoons, like American and Western cartoons. But also those are also being basically done on contract by South Korean companies. So technically, do we consider cartoons anime in that sense? Because technically they were made in, you know, Asia, the intent. And I don't know how you want to see this. But if I have to say, like, my one of my favorite animes... Um, has to be Pokemon of course because I grew up with Pokemon and still catch an episode here or there and they're still kind of fun to watch even though the story is basically repeating itself constantly constantly but I still think that there is some fun to be had with Pokemon that being said I have to give a shout out to Castlevania on Netflix it's such an awesome show and with that, I also have to give a shout out to Voltron. Which this is Voltron is where we get into that weird the weird gray area where it technically is an American company giving the directions for that and for the for the cartoon, but it is being made by a South Korean company. So technically it is an anime because it's made by a company that does really that does a lot of anime. So that's always really hard. I'm, I have always had this discussion with people when it comes to Avatar The Last Airbender. Where people are saying like, oh it is an anime. And then I'm saying no, technically it's not. Because it's made by Nickelodeon, which is an American company. And I believe the creators themselves are Canadian even. I'm not fully sure about that. But the animations on The Legend of Korra specifically are done by Studio Mir and Studio Mir is I believe in South Korea. I'm now just blabbering with information I don't fully have. Yeah, so I had to look it up. Studio Mir is indeed a South Korean uh, company. So like I said, there is such a weird, there is such a weird, you know, definition when it comes to anime and what it is because again Legend of Korra is technically not an animation because it's done by Nickelodeon but because it's done by a studio that does other anime projects is it an anime you know what I mean but yeah for me I would say that Pokemon is definitely one and Castlevania right now is really cool I'm also watching Shaman King right now on Netflix. Just very anime and has the fucking anime as intro. Which I miss the old intro that Shaman King had. But yeah man, this is still pretty cool. So yeah, going back to the question asked by PewPew42420. What is your favorite anime? And I have to say Pokemon and Castlevania, I think. Those are the clear answers for me right now so thank you for your question
And now we move on to the MID asshole subreddit. This one with a question coming from user boohoo for you. And they ask, am I the asshole for refusing to sell my flat to the highest bidder? My 31 female fiance, 31 male, and I are in the process of selling our respective flats in order to purchase a house together. With you calling it a flat, I am assuming that you are British. We've been together a long time, but always worked in different cities, so it made sense to keep our separate places. But he has now got a new job in my city, so we are buying a place together. His flat sold pretty quickly, I'm still in the process of selling mine. So I put my flat on the market and luckily it's had a fair amount of interest. Pretty early on, an investor buyer, so someone who already owns multiple properties and intended to buy the flats to rent out for profit, submitted an offer 10k less than it's worth probably hoping to capitalize on someone so desperate to move that they'd sell it for cheap. Obviously, I rejected this offer and a couple of weeks later, a lovely father and his disabled son who were looking for an accessible ground floor flat like mine to move into to help his son gain more independence, viewed the property multiple times and then put in an offer of exactly what I wanted it for. I only met them briefly, but they seemed like nice people. As I don't agree with landlords on principle, I was thrilled to be able to sell the flat I loved so much to people that deserved it. They made an offer on Friday, so I was waiting until Monday to formally accept it, when over the weekend the investor buyer that had lowballed me previously came out of the woodwork and offered me two and a half grand more than the man and his son. So here's where my fiancé and I disagree. He thinks I should take the higher offer as I don't owe anything to the father and son, so why would I turn down more money? He also believes that because we're going to be buying a property together, he should have some say on how much money I end up with to put towards it. Thing is, we were never intending to use all the money we made from selling our flat on the next property anyways. Some was always going to be back in savings. And I said I was happy to take the loss on my savings rather than his. I can see where he's coming from, but I just really don't want to see my lovely little flat go to some greedy investor to make an easy buck on. I don't see it as losing money because I never expected to get more for it than I advertised it for. I just want to do the right thing morally and I want this guy and his son to have a win rather than just lining the pockets of another landlord. I guess my fiancé wants the best for us and me denying that could make me the asshole, but I think it should be my decision. Am I the asshole? That was a bit of a long question, but I think that it's an interesting one. And of course, every time I do an I'm I the asshole, it's about a wedding. So this is clearly something different. And I want to have to say this immediately boohoo for you you are not the asshole you are looking out for somebody else which is really nice and your fiance has to understand that because you're not doing it just to take a lower offer you're doing it to help a family that needs help in a way and yeah selling your apartment to a landlord is not the best decision you do 
and that being said, it's about two and a half grand. And granted, no pun intended, uh, two and a half grand is a lot of money, but it's not life-changing money. So when it comes to you having savings and all that, I don't really understand that your fiancé is being such a, he's a, a, a little bitch. Even though I shouldn't say that, but why, why is he whining about two and a half grand? If it was, you know, $10,000, I would be like, okay, well, you know, I can understand it because that's quite a lot of money that you're leaving on the table. But two and a half grand is, in my opinion, not that much and not, you know, it's not going to break the bank or it's not going to fill your bank that much. So... I would say boohoo for you. You are not the asshole. And I feel like your fiance just has to come to the understanding that you want to help somebody and it gives you a better feeling by selling your house or your flat to the father and disabled son than it does for you to sell it with a slight profit because it's just going to give you such a bad feeling in hindsight. So I don't think that two and a half grand is going to be worth that hassle. So boohoo for you and thank you for your question. And that is going to be it, ladies and gentlemen, for the Didn't Ask podcast for today. I hope you had a good time. If you did, please leave a star rating on Apple Podcast so I can read your review out on this podcast to see, you know, what you've been saying. If you have a question for me to answer, please go to anchor.fm forward slash didn't dash ask dash pod. You can find a button over there and if you press that button, it gives you the opportunity to record a voice message so I can play that on the podcast and answer your question swiftly. If you don't want your voice to be heard, that's all good and fine by me. Just say up front in your audio message, hey, I don't want my audio to be played on the podcast, and then I'll just read out your question. On anchor.fm, you will also be able to find all the other episodes of this podcast, so the other 24. But those are also available on your favorite podcast service around the world. I will be back next week, but if you want to keep up with me and see what I'm watching during the week, please go to tracked.tv. That link will be in the show description and it shows you all the shows that I've been watching, what I've been rating the episodes. It's a fun time. Well, that's it for me for today or this week. I can say that too. And I will be back next time with another episode of the Didn't Ask Podcast. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.